The following is a Relevant Radio program and is protected under U.S. copyright laws. This program is made possible through the contributions of listeners like you. Support Relevant Radio by clicking on the Donate icon at www.relevantradio.com. Hey, it's Monday. Another chance to begin again. Good morning, I'm Paul Sadek. It's Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Today is Monday, June 26, 2023, Monday of the 12th week in Ordinary Time. In the Missal, it's liturgical year A, cycle 1. Monday is a day to pray the joyful mysteries of the Rosary. And our saint today is Saint Jose Maria Escriva de Balagar. He was born in Spain, January 9, 1902. He decided to become a priest in order to be available for whatever God wanted of him. In 1928, while making a retreat in Madrid, God showed him his specific mission. He was to found Opus Dei, an institution within the Catholic Church dedicated to helping people in all walks of life to follow Christ, to seek holiness in their daily life, and grow in love for God and their fellow men and women. From that moment on, he dedicated all his strength to fulfilling this mission. By the time of his sudden death in 1975, Opus Dei had spread to 30 nations on six continents. It now has more than 84,000 members in 60 countries. St. Jose Maria Escriva de Balagar, pray for us. Let's offer this day to the Lord. Into thy hands, O God, we commend ourselves this day and all those who are dear to us. Let the gift of thy wonderful presence be with us even to the end of the day. Grant that we never lose sight of thee all the day long, but rather praise and beseech thee that our thanks may come to thee again at its close. Amen. And with Pope Francis, we pray that the international community may commit in a concrete way to ensuring the abolition of torture and guarantee support to victims and their families. 10 Minutes with Jesus is a guided meditation on the gospel of the day prepared by a Catholic priest. Here's today's 10 Minutes with Jesus. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask you for pardon for my sins and for the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, Intercede for me. I'm always amused when I read one of those ads on the internet, trying to catch your attention and inviting you to click on it. I guess they show up on your browser too. What the government doesn't want you to know. <laughs> what the banks don't want you to know. <laughs> oh, this retired man earned 5,000 grand a month with a new trick. <laughs> or even better. He ate three bananas every day for a week, and the result will blow your mind. <laughs> they seem to be offering a lot for nothing. The real deal, like all the good that others have, is available to you as well. <laughs> you can be there. Well, I have never clicked on any of those, and, and maybe that's why I'm still so poor. <laughs> in a way, this is something we would like to see in our spiritual life as well. Can I be a saint? I mean, without going to the slums of Calcutta or living in a monastery in the mountains without Wi-Fi connection? <laughs> we know the theory well. Of course you can. We are all called to heaven, and those in heaven you call them saints. 
But there is a lot of historical baggage that is difficult to get rid of. A boy was pointing out the other day in the school how the saints of the first centuries seemed to be all martyrs. And then in the Middle Ages, they seemed to be all friars and monks. And after that, they are all mystics with ecstasies and revelations. Of course, I had to argue that there are saints who have been just farmers and carpenters. But I do see his point. Today, we celebrate Saint Jose Maria in some places. And in the gospel of his celebration, we read how you, Jesus, were surrounded by a crowd by the lake of Gennesaret and decided to preach from a very special pulpit. The gospel says that you saw two boats there alongside the lake. The fishermen were washing their nets. And you, Jesus, got into the boat of Peter, just like that. You jumped in without being invited. And, uh, and I can imagine St. Peter's face after a long night of work, catching nothing. And when he thought he could go and rest, you asked him to put out a short distance from the shore. And from there, you taught the crowds. It was always surprising for the Pharisees and scribes that you, Jesus, didn't teach only in the temple, but anywhere, everywhere. You taught on the mount, on the seashore, in the synagogue, of course, and in the temple, but also on the road to Jericho, to Samaria, to Bethany, or to Emmaus. You taught us from a manger, from a carpenter's bench, unlike today, from the boat of the fishermen. And I want to dwell on this today in my prayer. You, Jesus, can choose your pulpit. Like the preachers of old, one of those elevated platforms in churches, but you could be heard by everyone. And from there, you teach the world. And it seems that on that day, you chose the boat of St. Peter for a reason. That boat was his living and his life. Apart from his house, Peter spent more time on that boat than in any other place. For hours and hours he was in that boat that he knew so well, casting nets, hauling them in, bringing fish on board, selecting those that were worth keeping. For hours he was probably just waiting, chatting with his brother Andrew, or with the companions in the other boat, James and John. That boat was his life, his work, his social network, his thinking chair, his resting place for a nap, the place where he contemplated the skies, and very likely the place from where he spoke more with God and prayed, for a good catch or for his family or for the solution to his problems. That boat was his life. And that became your pulpit, Jesus. For when you decided to change the world, to start transforming it, to kick off this radical reform, you didn't go to Rome to spread the word from the heart of the Roman Empire, from the Senate or from the Emperor's court. You went to a fisherman's village in Capernaum and there established your base camp. You, an artisan, probably a carpenter, selected a bunch of workers fishermen, tax collectors and others. You see, 
The apostles weren't professional preachers. They worked. We know that St. Paul made tents, as he did when he was traveling around the world to preach. And that is the message of St. Josemaria that fits so well with this topic. In the same way that Peter's boat became the pulpit of God, so my desk is. Today, the transformation of the world is still carried out by your disciples, Jesus, sanctifying the world through their work, through their example, through their words as well, when they walk, they talk with their lives. I have to transform the world, allowing you, Jesus, to preach from my boat, like St. Peter. And my boat, maybe my desk, my counter, my truck, my sick bed, the kitchen top, hospital beds, the guard hut, and St. Peter's nets. Maybe for you, some gardening tools, your taxi or your wrench and screwdriver, or your till, your scalpel, your keyboard, or your running shoes. Don't expect that the world will be transformed and re-Christianized by the Pope and bishops and priests and some Catholic writers. <laughs> it will be transformed as it was in the beginning and has always been, by saints. All of them, wherever they are, whatever they do, it will be converted by those disciples of yours, Jesus, who allow you to preach from their boat, with their work, with their lives. Those who take you, Jesus, to every corner of the world. Those who sanctify the world from within, from its entrails. Let me bring up again that quote from The Hobbit about ordinary people who do extraordinary things. When Galadriel asks Gandalf about a hobbit, the halfling. Why the halfling? And Gandalf replies, I don't know. Saruman believes that it is only a great power that can hold evil in check. But that is not what I found. I found it is the small things, everyday deeds of ordinary folk that keeps the darkness at bay. Simple acts of kindness and love. Well, Mary, my mother immaculate, the disciples of your son do not just keep the darkness at bay. We bring light, the light of Christ, when we sanctify our world, our family life, our rest, and all our activities. We bring the world back to Jesus, and then, with him, we can put out into deep waters and lower our nets for a catch. I give you thanks, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask you for help to put them into effect. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. There's more of 10 Minutes with Jesus at RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. Today's liturgical day begins in just a couple of minutes. This is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.
It's daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app for Monday, June 26, 2023. I'm Paul Sadek. We join the whole church in prayer now as we're led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in the Invitatory Psalm and the Office of Readings. Lord, open my lips. And and my my mouth will will proclaim your praise. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. The Lord's is the earth and its fullness, the world and all its peoples. It is He who set it on the seas, On the waters he made it firm. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. Who shall climb the mountain of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? The man with clean hands and pure heart, who desires not worthless things who has not sworn so as to deceive his neighbor. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. He shall receive blessings from the Lord and reward from the God who saves him. Such are the men who seek him. Seek the face of the God of Jacob. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. O gates, lift high your heads, grow higher ancient doors. Let him enter, the King of glory. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, the mighty, the valiant, the Lord, the valiant in war. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. O gates, lift high your heads, grow higher ancient doors. Let him enter, the King of glory. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. Who is he, the King of glory? He, the Lord of armies, he is the King of glory. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. How good is the God of Israel to the pure of heart. How good is the God of Israel to the pure of heart. How good God is to Israel, to those who are pure of heart. Yet my feet came close to stumbling. My steps had almost slipped, for I was filled with envy of the proud 
when I saw how the wicked prosper. For them there are no pains, their bodies are sound and sleek. They have no share in men's sorrows, they are not stricken like others. So they wear their pride like a necklace, they clothe themselves with violence, their hearts overflow with malice, their minds seethe with plots. They scoff, they speak with malice, from on high they plan oppression. They have set their mouths in the heavens, and their tongues dictate to the earth. So the people turn to follow them, and drink in all their words. They say, How can God know? Does the Most High take any notice? Look at them, such are the wicked, but untroubled. They grow in wealth. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. How good is the God of Israel to the pure of heart. Their laughter will turn to weeping, their merriment to grief. Their Their laughter will turn to weeping, their merriment to grief. How useless to keep my heart pure and wash my hands in innocence when I was stricken all day long, suffered punishment day after day. Then I said, If I should speak like that, I should abandon the faith of your people. I strove to fathom this problem too hard for my mind to understand until I pierced the mysteries of God and understood what becomes of the wicked. How slippery the paths on which you set them! You make them slide to destruction. How suddenly they come to their ruin, wiped out, destroyed by terrors. Like a dream one wakes from, O Lord, when you wake, you dismiss them as phantoms. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it it was was in the beginning, beginning, is is now, now, and and will be forever. Amen. Their Their laughter will turn to weeping, their their merriment to grief. Those who depart from you will perish. My joy is to remain with you, my God. Those who depart from you will perish. My joy is to remain with you, my God. And so when my heart grew embittered, and when I was cut to the quick, I was stupid and did not understand, no better than a beast in your sight. Yet I was always in your presence. You were holding me by my right hand. You will guide me by your counsel And so you will lead me to glory. What else have I in heaven but you? Apart from you, I want nothing on earth. My body and my heart faint for joy. God is my possession forever. All those who abandon you shall perish. You will destroy all those who are faithless. To be near God is my happiness. 
I have made the Lord God my refuge. I will tell of all your works at the gates of the city of Zion. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was in the beginning, beginning, is now, now, and and will will be be forever. forever. Amen. Let us pray. It is good to be with you, Father. In you is fullness of life for your faithful people. In you all hope resides. May you lead us to everlasting happiness. Those who depart from you will perish. My joy is to remain with you, my God. To savor your words is my delight, O Lord. Honey itself is not sweeter. A reading from the first book of Samuel. The Philistines rallied their forces for battle at Succah in Judah, encamped between Succah and Azekah at Ephes Damim. Saul and the Israelites also gathered, encamped in the Vale of the Terebinth, drawing up their battle line to meet the Philistines. The Philistines were stationed on one hill, and the Israelites on an opposite hill with a valley between them. A champion named Goliath of Gath came out from the Philistine camp. He was six and a half feet tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a bronze corslet of scale armor weighing five thousand shekels and a bronze greave and had a bronze scimitar slung from a baldric. The shaft of his javelin was like a weaver's heddle bar, and its iron head weighed six hundred shekels. His shield-bearer went before him. He stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why come out in battle formation? I am a Philistine, and you are Saul's servants. Choose one of your men and have him come down to me. If he beats me in combat and kills me, we will be your vassals. But if I beat him and kill him, you shall be our vassals and serve us. The Philistine continued, I defy the ranks of Israel today. Give me a man and let us fight together. Then David spoke to Saul, Let your majesty not lose courage. I am at your service to go and fight this Philistine. Saul clothed David in his own tunic, putting a bronze helmet on his head and arming him with a coat of mail. David also girded himself with Saul's sword over the tunic. He walked with difficulty, however, since he had never tried armor before. He said to Saul, I cannot go in these because I have never tried them before. So he took them off. Then staff in hand, David selected five smooth stones from the wadi and put them in the pocket of his shepherd's bag. 
with his sling also ready to hand, he approached the Philistine. With his shield-bearer marching before him, the Philistine also advanced closer and closer to David. When he had sized David up and seen that he was youthful and ruddy and handsome in appearance, he held him in contempt. The Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come against me with a staff? Then the Philistine cursed David by his gods and said to him, Come here to me, and I will leave your flesh for the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. David answered him, You come against me with sword and spear and scimitar, but I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel that you have insulted. Today, the Lord shall deliver you into my hand. I will strike you down and cut off your head. This very day, I will leave your corpse and the corpses of the Philistine army for the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Thus, the whole land shall learn that Israel has a God. All this multitude, too, shall learn that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's, and he shall deliver you into our hands. The Philistine then moved to meet David at close quarters, while David ran quickly to the battle line in the direction of the Philistine. David put his hand into the bag and took out a stone, hurled it with a sling, and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone embedded itself in his brow, and he fell prostrate on the ground. Thus David overcame the Philistine with sling and stone. He struck the Philistine mortally and did it without a sword. Then David ran and stood over him with the Philistine's own sword, which he drew from its sheath. He dispatched him and cut off his head. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord has saved me from the lion's mouth and the claws of the bear. He will will deliver me from the hands of my enemies. God has sent me his faithfulness and love. He has rescued me from the midst of lions. He will deliver me from the hands of my enemies. A reading from a treatise on Christian perfection by St. Gregory of Nyssa, Bishop. No one has known Christ better than Paul nor surpassed him in the careful example he gave of what anyone should be who bears Christ's name. So precisely did he mirror his master, that he became his very image. By a painstaking imitation, he was transformed into his model, and seemed to be no longer Paul who lived and spoke, but Christ himself. He shows his keen awareness of this grace when he refers to the Corinthians' desire for proof 
that Christ was speaking in him. As he says, It is no longer I who live. It is Christ who lives in me. Paul teaches us the power of Christ's name when he calls him the power and wisdom of God, our peace, the unapproachable light where God dwells, our expiation and redemption, our great high priest, our paschal sacrifice, our propitiation, when he declares him to be the radiance of God's glory, the very pattern of his nature, the creator of all ages, our spiritual food and drink, the rock and the water, the bedrock of our faith, the cornerstone, the visible image of the invisible God. He goes on to speak of him as the mighty God, the head of his body, the church, the firstborn of the new creation, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep, the firstborn of the dead, the eldest of many brothers. He tells us that Christ is the mediator between God and man, the only begotten Son, crowned with glory and honor, the Lord of glory, the beginning of all things, the King of justice and of peace, the King of the whole universe, ruling a realm that has no limits. Paul calls Christ, by many other titles, too numerous to recall here. Their cumulative force will give some conception of the marvelous content of the name Christ, revealing to us His inexpressible majesty, insofar as our minds and thoughts can comprehend it. Since, by the goodness of God, we who are called Christians have been granted the honor of sharing this name, the greatest, the highest, the most sublime of all names, it follows that each of the titles that express its meaning should be clearly reflected in us. If we are not to lie when we call ourselves Christians, we must bear witness to it by our way of living. Let all who take refuge in you be glad and rejoice forever. Protect them. And those who love your name will exalt in you. They will walk in the light of your presence and rejoice in your name all day long. And those who love your name will exalt in you. Let us pray. Grant, O Lord, that we may always revere and love your holy name. For you never deprive of your guidance those you set firm on the foundation of your love. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Today's gospel is a rich one, and it's coming up in just a few minutes. This is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app for Monday, June 26, 2023. I'm Paul Sadek. In today's Gospel from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, the Lord tells us, mind your own self first before judging others. It's from the seventh chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. Judge not, that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. 
and the measure you give will be the measure you get. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when there is the log in your own eye? You hypocrite! First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. This selection from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible courtesy of Falcon Picture Group, you'll find daily and Sunday Mass readings on the relevant radio app. Positive criticism is really a bit of an art. Today's reading from In Conversation with God by Father Francisco Fernandez Carvajal is from Volume 3, Ordinary Time. If we make a point of not concentrating our attention on the speck in our brother's eye, it will be easy to avoid speaking badly of anyone. In any given case, if we have the duty of judging a particular action, of looking critically at what someone has done, we shall do so, remembering that we are doing it in the presence of God. We shall pray and purify our intentions. We shall respect the elementary norms of prudence and justice. I shall not tire of insisting, St. Jose Maria Escriva would repeat, that the person who has the duty of judging must listen to both sides. Does our law judge a man without first giving him a hearing and learning what he does? That noble, loyal, and upright man Nicodemus reminded the priests and Pharisees who sought to condemn Jesus. If we must criticize, the criticism should always be constructive and appropriate. We must always respect the doer of the action and his intentions, which we can know only in part. The Christian makes his criticism in a very human way, without wounding. He strives to maintain friendly relations even with those who are opposed to him because he shows his respect and understanding. In all honesty, the Christian does not judge where he does not know. When he does judge, he knows he must take into account the time and place and every other available circumstance and express himself with care. Otherwise, he could easily lapse into detraction or slander. Charity and honesty mean that we will not irrevocably make up our minds on the basis of a first simple impression. We will not pass on pieces of gossip as the truth or that unconfirmed piece of news, perhaps it will never be confirmed, which damages the good name of someone or of an institution. Charity helps us to see the defects of others only in the context of their motives and positive qualities. Humility, however, enables us to discover so many errors and defects of our own that without being pessimistic, we are led to ask God to forgive us. We shall understand that others have their faults, and we shall make an effort to improve by amending our own. To do this, we must learn to receive and accept the honest and well-meant criticism of those who know us and care for us. A sure sign of spiritual greatness is listening to advice, accepting it, and being grateful for it. It is characteristic of people overwhelmed by pride that they will not accept advice. They always have an excuse at hand or react badly to those who out of charity or friendship want to help them overcome a failing or avoid repeating a bad course of action. We have many reasons to give thanks to God. 
Among them, we hope to have people at our side who will give us a timely warning about where we are going wrong and advise us as to what we can and should do better. This is friendly, honest criticism and worth more than its weight in gold. The Blessed Virgin Mary always had an appropriate word. She never gossiped and many times kept silent. In Conversation with God by Francis Fernandez is published by Scepter Publishers. You'll find it at your local Catholic bookstore. Time to pray with the whole church. We're led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in morning prayer. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Create a clean heart in me, O God. Renew in me a steadfast spirit. Create a clean heart in me, O God. Renew in me a steadfast spirit. Have mercy on me, God, in your kindness. In your compassion, blot out my offense. O wash me more and more from my guilt, and cleanse me from my sin. My offenses, truly, I know them. My sin is always before me. Against you, you alone have I sinned. What is evil in your sight, I have done. That you may be justified when you give sentence, and be without reproach when you judge. O see, in guilt I was born, a sinner was I conceived. Indeed, you love truth in the heart, then in the secret of my heart teach me wisdom. O purify me, then I shall be clean. O wash me, I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear rejoicing and gladness, that the bones you have crushed may revive. From my sins turn away your face and blot out all my guilt. A pure heart create for me, O God. Put a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, nor deprive me of your Holy Spirit. Give me again the joy of your help. With a spirit of fervor sustain me that I may teach transgressors your ways, and sinners may return to you. O rescue me, God, my helper, and my tongue shall ring out your goodness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall declare your praise. For in sacrifice you take no delight. Burnt offering from me you would refuse. My sacrifice a contrite spirit, a humbled, contrite heart, you will not spurn. In your goodness show favor to Zion, rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will be pleased with lawful sacrifice, holocaust offered on your altar. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as As it it was was in the beginning, beginning, is is now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. Let us pray. 
Father, he who knew no sin was made sin for us, to save us and restore us to your friendship. Look upon our contrite heart and afflicted spirit and heal our troubled conscience, so that in joy and strength of the Holy Spirit we may proclaim your praise and glory before all the nations. Create a clean heart in me, O God. Renew in me a steadfast spirit. Rejoice, Jerusalem, for through you all men will be gathered to the Lord. Rejoice, Jerusalem, for through you all men will be gathered to the Lord. Let all men speak of the Lord's majesty and sing his praises in Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, holy city, he scourged you for the work of your hands, but will again pity the children of the righteous. Praise the Lord for his goodness and bless the King of the ages, so that his tent may be rebuilt in you with joy. May he gladden within you all who were captives, all who were ravaged may he cherish within you for all generations to come. A bright light will shine to all parts of the earth. Many nations shall come to you from afar, and the inhabitants of all the limits of the earth, drawn to you by the name of the Lord God, bearing in their hands their gifts for the King of Heaven. Every generation shall give joyful praise in you and shall call you the Chosen One through all ages forever. Go, then, rejoice over the children of the righteous who shall all be gathered together and shall bless the Lord of the ages. Happy are those who love you and happy those who rejoice in your prosperity. Happy are all the men who shall grieve over you, over all your chastisements. For they shall rejoice in you as they behold all your joy forever. My spirit blesses the Lord, the great King. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. Rejoice, Jerusalem, for through you all men will be gathered to the Lord. Zion, praise your God, who sent his word to renew the earth. Zion, praise your God, who sent his word to renew the earth. O praise the Lord, Jerusalem. Zion, praise your God. He has strengthened the bars of your gates. He has blessed the children within you. He established peace on your borders. He feeds you with finest wheat. He sends out his word to the earth and swiftly runs his command. He showers down snow, white as wool. He scatters hoarfrost like ashes. He hurls down hailstones like crumbs. The waters are frozen at his touch. He sends forth his word and it melts them. At the breath of his mouth the waters flow. 
He makes his word known to Jacob, to Israel his laws and decrees. He has not dealt thus with other nations. He has not taught them his decrees. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As As it it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, now, and and will will be be forever. forever. Amen. All-powerful God, it is through your Church, generously endowed with gifts of grace and fortified by the Holy Spirit, that you send out your word to all nations. Strengthen your Church with the best of all food and make it dauntless in faith. Multiply its children to celebrate with one accord the mysteries of your love at the altar on high. Zion, praise your God who sent sent his his word to renew renew the earth. A reading from the letter to the Galatians. I have been crucified with Christ, and the life I live now is not my own. Christ is living in me. I still live my human life, but it, it is a life of faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. The Lord Most High has done good things for me. In need I shall cry out to him. The Lord the Most High has done good things for me. In need I shall cry out to him. May he send his strength to rescue me. Indeed, I shall shall cry out out to him. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. The Lord, the Most Most High, has done good things for me. Indeed, I shall cry out to him. Through the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of his servant David. Through his holy prophets, he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us. He promised to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. You, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Amen. 
Through the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. We trust in God's concern for every person He has created and redeemed through His Son. Let us, therefore, renew our prayer to Him. Fulfill the good work You have begun in us, Lord. Fulfill the good work You have begun in us, Lord. O God of mercy, guide us towards spiritual growth. Fill our minds with thoughts of truth, justice, and love. Fulfill the good work you have begun in us, Lord. For your name's sake, do not abandon us forever. And do not annul your covenant. Fulfill the good work you have begun in us, Lord. Accept us, for our hearts are humble and our spirits contrite. And those who trust in you shall not be put to shame. Fulfill the good work you have begun in us, Lord. You have called us to a prophetic vocation in Christ. Help us proclaim your mighty deeds. Fulfill Fulfill the good work you have begun in us, Lord. Let us make our prayers and praise complete by offering the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lord, fill our hearts with your love as morning fills the sky. By living your law, may we have your peace in this life and endless joy in the life to come. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Amen. And so a happy feast day today to Father Rocky and all members of Opus Day. Morning air is coming up with John and Glenn in just a couple of minutes. Patrick Madrid a bit later on this morning. I'm Paul Sadek. I'll see you tomorrow morning, 4 a.m. Central, or on the Relevant Radio app. You go out and make this a great day and live in the light of the Lord. Audio from the Liturgy of the Hours, courtesy of DivineOffice.org. Readings from In Conversation with God, courtesy of Scepter Publishers. Selections from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, courtesy of Falcon Picture Group. Ten Minutes with Jesus is used with permission. Daybreak is available on RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. Daybreak is a production of Relevant Radio. Relevant Radio.